I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. That's the issue. Who do you say that Jesus is? Everybody is going to be confronted with that issue. And it's time for the church to realize that God is doing something great in our midst. There's a battle over the restoration of righteousness and a restoration of truth. We live by the Word of God, and that's what God's called us to do. There is no such thing as subjective truths. If you have the courage to say that and you have the confidence to be able to articulate that, then people are going to follow you. Definitely not going to run from injustice. I'm definitely not going to run from you know, a spirit of fear. I'm definitely not going to run from the enemy. I'm definitely not going to run from tyranny and all the things that are trying to take away the things that God has given us. It's time for us to take a stand. We're at war. Choose you this day whom you will serve, says the scripture. Who are you going to serve? The true and the living God? Or are you going to serve these things that the devil brings in your path? What are you looking for? It's not a what, it's a who. Who are you looking to? His name is Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me? It's so funny that the worship team, we didn't have a conversation, but uh, turn to Ephesians, I mean, not Ephesians, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, and then while you're turning there, if you can do two things at once, <clears throat> I want you to pray with me. Lord, we want to thank you for this time, and I thank you, Lord, that you are a good God and an amazing Father, and I'm asking you, Lord, uh, as we have been uh, just combining, we know, Lord, that worship is not a prelude to the message. It's not something that we do just to try to get ready for the message, but it is, Lord, all together, we want everything to glorify you. All of it, Lord, we want you to be glorified. So we thank you, Lord, that as we're here in this, this room, your word says, Lord, that where there are two or three gathered in your name, here you are in the midst of us. So thank you for being in our midst. Not only that, thank you, Lord, for the word of God that is alive, it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you, Lord, that we are not to be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word so that we don't deceive ourselves. And so we choose to turn our buckets right side up to receive, and I declare, Lord, today over our people, over myself even, Lord, that we are good ground ready to receive the word, already cultivated, already plowed up, ready to receive the, the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls. So we thank you, Lord, for that, and we love and bless you <clears throat> in Jesus' name, amen. There's a story about, I read about a group of young people that were going to see Mount Everest and in that group, they had a guide. They had, uh, had purchased a guide to go help them to, to, to go see this. So they didn't know where they were going. And they paid money, uh, planned the trip, and off they went. And the night before, they were getting ready to go see Mount Everest, uh, a, a great big fog came over the land. And so they were like, do we go? Do we wait? What do we do? And the guide was like, no, we go. You paid money. You made all this way. You made this trip. We're going to go. We're going to go see it. It's like, yeah, but the fog. Well, I'm just telling you, we're going to go. So we get up in the morning, we're going to head out. And so they get up in the morning, they go out to go see Mount Everest. And the truth is, is that they, they was just as they said, they forecasted. The fog was everywhere. And they couldn't, and they were trying to make the, the trip. The guy was like, follow me. I'm telling you, I know where I'm going. Where I'm going, just follow. So they're trying to follow, keeping their hands on each other, following and, um, and so they get to a place, <clears throat> and the guide says this. He says, all right, look up <clears throat> over here to your right, and, and, and you'll see what, um, what, what, what I'm trying to show you. And <clears throat> you'll see the mountain and say, oh, well, well, we can't see anything. We can't even see our hand in front of our face. He goes, well, look, just, just look that way. 
And so they looked and they could see what resembled to be a mountain. And they were just like, well, that's, that's great. So we were able to see it. So that's great, we can go now. And the guy said, he started laughing and he walks up behind the one of the, the person that was in the front of the line. He puts his fingers on the head and he goes, no, not there, look there. And he looked up and they could see the great expanse of Mount Everest and they were just enamored by it. Here's what I believe God is saying to the body of Christ. With all of the fog and dense fog of the world and the fear and the, and the things that the turmoil and the strife and the anger and all the things that are going on, the fog of the world that is misting over us where we really seemingly enough for the church seem like they can't see straight, I believe that the fingers of the Holy Spirit, as gentle as he can be, puts his hand on our temples and says to us, not just to our spirits, not just to our minds, but he sent it to our families, he sent it to our churches. No, not there, but look there so that we can look up and see Christ, see Jesus for who he is so that we can change the direction of our sight, change the line of sight so we can see him high and lifted up so that his, we can see his glory that fills this place. Not talking about a building, but I'm talking about fills this place. I'm talking about that fills this place, that fills the, our families, that fills those things that not even necessarily that we can see, but God is saying, no, not there. Look there so that we can see him. So let's read Isaiah, <clears throat> read Isaiah chapter, chapter 6 and verse 1. And it says, and I want to, as I'm reading that, I want to stop just for a minute. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also. Now, the reason why I want to stop there is because some of the other versions of the Bible leave this word out, also. Usually, all the other versions I looked at, it, it says, in the, year, in, the, in, the, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. But this word, also, is important. I want you to say that with me, also. Also, there's a reason why I'm saying that, and you remember that. Put that in the back of your mind. But this is what he said. We'll keep on reading. I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Remember sometimes when I tell you guys, let's read the scriptures? Sometimes it's good to put yourself in. Sometimes you can't imagine, but God gave you a big imagination, right? Anybody ever read the, read the scriptures and be like, wow, I wonder what that would be like? You know, you see, just see the Lord high and lifted up. And look at this verse 2. Above it stood the seraphim. This is the only place in the Bible where seraphims are mentioned. And each one had six wings. Can you imagine that? Six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy. We were just singing a little bit ago. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Now, I want you to think about this. This is the reason why I'm saying this is because at the time of this, this vision that Isaiah is seeing, he's, he's also, a de, there's a demarcation. There's a place where he's saying, I, uh, all this, we saw the king, the king Uzziah, he died. And there's, there's some things that we're going to get into here in just a little bit that, that talk about that. But I also saw the Lord. And he saw, he sees him high and lifted up. And so it's interesting to note that the fact that he's talking about a year of a political event that has happened. The king is dead. And the political event that's happened, but he also sees the Lord. Now, some of you <clears throat> have had some things that have happened in your life, and you remember the year, you remember the date, you remember... 
uh, where you were when some of these things happened. Now, I don't believe that there were some people in here. I'm going to name some of those this morning. Some of you may not have been, obviously not in here, when in 19, in December 7th of 1941, where President Roosevelt said that it's a date that will live in, in infamy. It was a day that Pearl Harbor uh, was bombed by the Japanese. Um, <clears throat> I remember, um, I was thinking about this, but we're not hearing um, Mark Rutland, Dr. Mark Rutland talk about it. He was saying the fact that his parents were at a restaurant and the waitress had gone, ran out and everyone seemingly was, uh, was in disarray and all the things were going on. So he grabbed the waitress hand and said, hey, what's going on? He said, sir, Pearl Harbor was just bombed by the Japanese. And so he said, <laughs> Dr. Rutland said, he, he said, my dad remembered my wife looking at me and said, what is a Pearl Harbor? What is, what is that? And so the truth is, is that launched us into the Second World War. That's a, that's a year that we, people will never forget because of what happened. Um, what about, you guys remember this? Um, November the 22nd, 1963, here in Dallas. How many of you remember Kennedy was assassinated? How many of you remember where you were? How many of you remember, uh, like, the, 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 when it was announced? You guys remember? Raise your hand. I want to see, because I, I, I wasn't even born yet. I wasn't even thought of. I wasn't even a gleam in my mother's eye. I mean, yeah, I wasn't even none of that. So the truth is, is that you remember that. And it was a sad day for this. Here's another one. Um, well, just to say that my mother said she was in her home room and she happened to whole, whole school was crying about it. Uh, April 4th, 1968, in Memphis, Tennessee, Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated outside a hotel room. The same thing. King is dead. He's assassinated, but people remember what happened, how, where they were when, when that happened. Let me bring you a little bit closer. Uh, what about April 20th, 1999, a high school in Littleton, Colorado called Columbine. Anybody remember that? Um, just where we, in a place where in a moment's time, a, a, a school, a place where it's supposed to be safe for our kids, a safe haven for the high schoolers and kids turned into a bloodbath right overnight, and we realized that, 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 that school shootings and different things could take place, and we've had a, a lot of them since then. But our eyes were open that it's not safe anymore, and it brought fear. Remember the fear that came over? Fear came over parents, came, fear came over schools, fear came over teachers, and fear was released. Um, I, I do remember this one because I... I was around, but I remember what happened. I remember the date. Obviously, I remember where I was. I remember waking up in the morning, but how many of you remember September the 11th? Um, and remember 9-11 that happened? I remember I went waking up, turning on the news, and seeing the smoke rising from those buildings and those buildings collapsing. And here's, here's what we realized. Here's what America realized. Church realized this. Uh, we realized that our way of life, our culture, our values, our civilization had a target on it, only to have a target on it, and we realized that people hated us for our values and everything we stood for and was trying to destroy that by, 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 driving, by, by flying planes into a building. And do you remember the fear that was released when that happened? There was so much fear that was released, and, and, but also, if you remember, for a short, short time, uh, the church began to come together. Um, people, the, the people began to, to realize that America was strong and, and, and for a lot, there was a lot of patriotism uh, that was going on and, and, and people started going to church. You guys remember that? People started coming to church. I saw people coming to church I haven't seen. I'm like, it's not Easter. What are you guys doing here? You know, it's like people that came on Christmas and Easter would, and some, I know some of you look at me like, you're stepping on my toes, Pastor. You're stepping on my, anyway, the truth is, is that you remember the fear that was released and all of these things have have moments and signal moments in our lives where we remember these things that happen. And, and the truth is, is that, that what's, that's what happened to Isaiah. 
He's remembering a political event where a king, the king, Uzziah, had died. And here's what we need to know about that because it's eerie uh, similar to what's going on in our nation today. The king, um, the king had died, but when, when Uzziah was, uh, came into his, his kingship at the age of 16, uh, he reigned for 52 years and there was a resurgence in Israel. The, 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 here's what I'm talking about. It's, there was a resurgence the fact that there was a geopolitically, economically, militarily had a resurgence. They began to have economic um, um, values had come up. They were winning battles that they hadn't won before. Not only that, there was great hope that was released because Israel was coming back. They were, they were, they were reclaiming some things. And then there was an economic boom that happened and the country was doing great. But at the height of King Uzziah's reign, he was struck with leprosy because he didn't, it wasn't just enough for him to be king. He also wanted to be priest. And so the, the remaining priests that were there said, no, you can't do this. And then he was struck with leprosy and he died. And so all of that hope that, that Israel was, was, was gaining for, that it was trusting in and they were seeing the resurgence, all of that hope, all, all of that, that life that seemed like Israel was happy was vanished in one moment. And all of a sudden, you know, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the, heart, makes the heart sick. And so therefore, all of the things that they were thinking was happening, all the militarily things that were happening, economic, geopolitical things that were happening now was vanished because the king had died. And in God's infinite wisdom and his great mercy and his great care and his great love over the nation of Israel and even for Isaiah, he comes and he pulls back the, the curtain of heaven and you look up and he says, yes, the King Uzziah is dead, but I also saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Yes, the throne in Israel looks like it's abandoned, but the throne in heaven is not abandoned because we have a king who reigns on the throne and is alive forevermore and long live the king of kings and the Lord of lords forevermore. He goes, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yes, there are some things that are going on that doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. Not only does it not feel good, <clears throat> you got a mask on, it don't smell good sometimes. But the truth is that God is saying, yes, all that stuff is going on, but also, say it with me, but also the king is on his throne. He's on the throne and he's high and lifted up and the train of his robe fills the temple. So <clears throat> why is there fear? Where did all this fear come from? Why is the body of Christ afraid? Why is it? I was talking again, some of our friends that are just like, this is a racial, this racial stuff that's going on. I'm telling you, we gotta figure something out. We gotta do something. God, you, this is what you need to understand. History is not happening to God. If you don't hear anything else I'm saying, you need to remember this. History is not happening to God. History is happening in the palm of his hand. She's seen that to your kids. He's got the whole world in his hands. It's the truth. History is happening, right? He is not going, hey, somebody, Gabriel, give me the paper. Give me the paper. I need to find out what's going on today. That's not what's going on in heaven. 
He's not watching CNN. He's not even watching Fox News. For some of you, he ain't even watching Fox News. He's not watching all this stuff. He knows exactly what's going on in the world, and we can trust him because the king is on his throne. Why do the nations rage? Why do they imagine and plot vain things? Why do they set themselves in array against the, the anointed one? That he who sits in the heavens, ho, 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 shall laugh. I don't know if he sounds like Jabba the Hutt or not, but that's just kind of, in my mind, that's kind of what he sounds like. He's on the throne. But where did all this fear come from? Church, where did the fear come from when we start being afraid of everything? We start being afraid of, of going outside. Outside is closed today. Why? Corona. Outside, going to the stores. I mean, we stocked up on, on toilet paper. Do you remember when we used to use that to like toilet paper people's yards and stuff? Baby, don't raise your hand. Some of y'all be visiting my house tonight. But you remember all the fear came in the world. Do you remember in an America that we grew up in where we used to drink from the water hose? Come on, what happened to that? Do you remember? Raise your hand if you drank from the water hose. And guess what? You're still alive. You made it. Praise God, you made it. We, we, were, we were growing up, I'm gonna tell you, my mother would kick us out of the house in the summertime. She was sick of us. Get out, get out, all of you, out right now. All four of us, but mom, get out. She goes, don't, I was like, what if we need to use the restroom? Woods, you don't need to come in the house. And so she's like, what if we need water? Drink out of the water hose. And so we lived, you know what? How many of you remember this? You remember when you would drink out of the water hose and you'd fight over it because there was a spot that if you turned the water hose on first, there was a spot that was cooler than the rest of the, you guys remember that? So we would fight over the water hose. Give me that, no, you give me that. And you know, the only thing that you could possibly get, that's probably why I was able to survive Corona was because I drank out of the water hose. <laughs> Amen? Some of you are still here, thank the water hose. Thank God for water hose. Let me tell you, you're still here. Where did the fear come from? Or what about this? Do you remember growing up and you, your parents didn't say anything to you about putting a seatbelt on? We used to ride in the back of the truck. Dad used to get, we used to ride in the back of the truck, the little hump on the sides. we sit back there. Dad would take off. And we were just, now we're just happy as can be. Guess what? We survived. I never forget one time we were driving and Dad had taken us to 7-Eleven and he had bought us all ice creams, all of us. Ice cream. We're sitting on the back of the truck. We're licking on and playing with ice cream. Oh, I got ice cream, ice cream. You got ice cream? Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. Anyway, we're sitting out there on the back of the truck, and Dad hit the brakes. I don't even know what he hit the brakes for. My brother went flying over the cab of the truck, and he fell off the hood of the truck and went and skid like three or four or five times. Now, what was amazing was is that as he flew off the, the top of the truck, when Dad hit the brakes, the ice cream never touched the ground, not one time. <laughs> not one time did the ice cream, not, I mean, it didn't even close. I'm not talking about, he fell off the truck. It looked like the Matrix. And all of a sudden, he held it up. He held it up like it was a cross. You know what I'm saying? He just held it up. I still got my ice cream. I got my ice cream. And we were just like, did you see that? That was amazing. And I always says, like, Dad, did you see that? He goes, I saw it. Don't tell your mom. <laughs> Don't tell your mom, Dad. 
But you guys are laughing, but the truth is, is where did the fear come from where we get to a place where we're scared of everything and God is saying, listen, fear not, little flock. Don't be afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. You don't have to be afraid. Be not afraid. Be very courageous, he says to us, because this is time for the church to arise and be who God's called her to be. And we're not going to be able to do it if we are shrieking back and scared of everything. I'm sharing with, I was preaching at Christ for Nations this week, I'm just talking to them about the fact that they were, they were asking, some of you asking, what about, what about these churches that are they're trying, to, trying to rise up and, and, they're, and they're trying to take over and, and it's a government, it's a government. Listen, we're going to render unto Caesar's what is Caesar's and render unto God what is God's. But what you don't understand is the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All of it's his. And I'm telling you what, we need to be at a place where we pray for what's going on, but that's not all we can do. I'm talking, again, I keep saying this to some of my pastor friends, some of my white pastor friends are just like, Chris, we can't say the things that you can say because you're black and we're white. You can get up and say all, all kinds of things and won't get in trouble. I was like, man, I'm telling you what, if you don't, if you can't get up behind the pulpit and preach the word of God, sit down. Get off from behind the pulpit if you cannot say and preach what the word of God says about gender, what it says about race, what it says about money, what it says about vote, all of it. If you can't do it, then sit down because it's time for the church to arise and it's time for us to be the people of God to the world. There is so much darkness that is going on in the world, but how great the light when it shines in the darkness. Turn the lights on. Turn the lights on. But it's amazing how it's just, we, he, just what Isaiah is going through. I see this political thing that's going on. I see what's going on in the world, and it's eerily, what's eerie going on, what's, what's going on then and what's going on now. The king has died. It's looks like hope is, out of, is gone. All of my hopes and dreams and what we thought was going to happen, and, and now one of, the, one of the things that's supposed to be the most secure about us being able to elect and officials and do all that seems like, can we trust that again? There's all these questions that are going on. I'm going to address it because I'm telling you what, this pulpit, this platform, this church, we are going to talk about it. Can I get a witness? We are going to talk about it. We are going to stand. We are going to be a church that if, it, if it's just me, if it's just us, we're going to be a church that stands in the middle of, of this what seems to be a crisis, and we're going to talk about what Christ is and who Christ is. We're not talking about, what about the crisis? Yes, there's, a, there's one, his name is Christ, and he is the king of glory. Then when the world is going, who is this king of glory? Then we just shout back, the Lord, strong and mighty in battle, he is this king of glory. But what is and who is not a what? It's a he, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the firstborn of all creation. He's the creator of the world, all dominion and all power and all might and all of it is his and he reigns forevermore. My God reigns, my God lives and not only that, my redeemer lives and I'm telling you, he lives on the inside of us and he is saying, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. So listen, I don't care what happens, what's like, whatever gonna happen through those doors, to Pastor like they may have to take me to jail but I'm going to call you. You're going to come get me out. Pastor Terry going to come get me out. <laughs> you have a collect call from. 
help. That's what I'm going to say. When he, <laughs> but the truth is, is we are going to be a church that stands. Will we be a church that stands? We will be a church that stands in the midst of the darkness. I'm going to say it loud. We're going to say it loud. But I'm not just going to preach it from the platform. Our people are going to get involved, and we're going to do what God's called us to do. Do you hear what I'm saying? And Pastor Terry's talking about how he's going to get me out of jail. But the truth is, is that God, God is calling us to, to arise in, in this time. It's amazing how you can see, you can go and see the exact same thing and, and get two different results. Isaiah is looking at the political issues that are going on, but he also sees the Lord. Where are you positioned and what are you looking at? The three questions I have for you is, what are you looking at? Who are you looking to? And where are you looking from? What are you looking at? Who are you looking to? And where are you looking from? Those questions. I never forget one day I was on a Sunday. I just got through preaching. I was preaching my heart out. And, um, and Vanessa, unbeknownst to me, had packed our bags. And, and when I got done, all sweaty and everything, she said, get in the car. She goes, I'm taking you on a trip. I was like, for real? She goes, yes. I said, but I'm not packed. I've already packed your bags. We're going. And I was like, wow, you kidnapping me? You going to kidnap me? And she's like, whatever you want to call it. You know, whatever you want to call it, but you're going. We've had, I don't, we're not going home, we're going, we're going. And so we got in the car, and I was like, well, it seemed like you, you kidnapped me. That'd be weird. A little white woman trying to kidnap a big black man and get in the car. But I got in that car, I was tired, uh, kind of fell asleep a little bit. We stopped in Amarillo. We stopped in Amarillo. You guys know that big steak, that big one that you eat? You know, I was just like... She was like, no. Anyway, the truth is, is that, so we went, and she was taking me to New Mexico. And she had, she had planned this. What is that? Uh, the Airbnb? Is that what they call those? those she, for Airbnb, that's what it is. Airbnb, that's uh, our, our Airbnb or whatever. But Airbnb, she found it for a week. We were there. And so she goes, um, she goes, I got it all planned out. This week is all planned out. We're going to watch the World Series. And she goes, and I got you a guided fly fishing um, trip that you're going to go on. You're going to go on it. And when you get back, all, I'm going to have dinner cooked for you. And I'm like, oh, that song, come on. She knows what I like. And so she, <laughs> she, she flat out just made that deal. And but one of the days, we were going to, uh, we were going to the, see the Rio Grande in New Mexico. That's where she took me to, New Mexico. And I'm, I love New Mexico because it's beautiful. And so she goes, she goes, that's where we're going to go. And so we went to the Rio Grande. And I'm telling you what, it's just like some of you, how many of you have been to the, and it's different, how many of you have been to the Grand Canyon? Raise your hand. So just, just like Grand Canyon, went to the Rio Grande, and all of a sudden I get there and I am, I am having my own worship experience. I am like, good God, look at how big, this place is. Look at this. What is that? It is amazing. You guys know what I'm talking about? If you go to, the, to, to, um, um, to see anything as big like that, somebody has to tell you, don't forget to breathe because it'll take your breath away. You may have seen something take your breath away. I know my wife's listening. You, honey, take my breath away. <laughs> so anyway, the truth is, is that that's what, that's what kind of happened. I'm sitting there. Hey, Pastor Terry, don't laugh at me. I'm trying to get points. Uh, the truth is, so I'm standing there. And, and all of a sudden, I'm having this worship, this worship service. You guys know what I'm talking about. Anybody ever been in nature or you see something so beautiful that you just have your own individual work? And I was like, Lord, you are so amazing. This is so great. Look how big this is. Only a big God can make something like this. Look how 
Wow, I'm just like, oh, just, oh, you saw, I don't even know how, how did you do this? What'd you do? Did you clap? Did you spin around? What'd you do? What'd you do to create this? It's so amazing. And I'm telling Vanessa, I go, do you see this? She goes, yes, I see it. I go, what's the matter? I look down there and I see some sheep, some wild sheep that are, you know, some rams that are right over here. And I was like, I wonder what that tastes like. Anyway, so I'm just watching all this, all this stuff. And then I go to turn around and there was just a sign standing right here, right next to me. And here's what the sign says. It says, don't do it. Don't jump. Call this hotline. Don't jump. It, your life is way important. Don't, and I tried to like, what? Why would they put a sign like this in the middle of a gorgeous place like that? Because the truth is, is two people can go and see the exact same thing and come away with a different perception. One goes because he wants to see the beauty of the expanse. Another one goes so he can end his life because things are so bad. You can be looking at the exact same thing. Here's what I'm, the reason why I told you that story. It's because I want to see things the way God is wanting us to see things. The church has to get, in order to see what God wants us to see, we're going to have to reposition ourselves to really see what he's wanting to show us. See, so when I show you, you this, it's, you, it's or, or or Zarka, but over here, back here, it says refund, and, and it says scan no more. In order for me to see what you see, I'm going to have to come, come around there and see the way you do. And so the truth is, is that God is saying, if you, will, if you will reposition yourself, I will show you, call to me, and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. You want to see racism the way God sees it? Reposition yourself. You want to see the political realm the way God sees it? Reposition yourself. Let me bring it a little bit closer to home. You want to see your marriage the way that God sees it? Reposition yourself. You want to see your children the way God sees them? Your finances. We just had a financial seminar. Pastor Terry just did. It was a phenomenal and amazing seminar. You know what? You're going to have to reposition yourself to be able to align yourself with God, God's will and ways for your life. To see the exact same thing that he wants you to see. And so I'm telling you that this even this morning, this afternoon now, where you're repositioning yourself to see the things. This is what he said. You are seated in heavenly places. Have a seat in your heavenly place so that you can see the things that God wants you to see. Take a seat. Look at your neighbor and say, take a seat. Have a seat. My grandma would say, boy, get somewhere and sit down. Because I was always up running around and stuff. She, bought, she said, boy, I ain't going to tell you again. The grandma would say that. Anybody else had your grandma ever tell you that? I'm not going to tell you again. Just get somewhere and sit down. But God is saying, I'm going to tell you where to sit. Sit right here in the heavenly place. Because you've been seated in heavenly places far above all that stuff, all the principles, all those, those things. And then I'm going to sit here with you until the enemies have made my footstool. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. Amen. That's who he is. And that's what's going on. Are we going to be a church that will see the things and see things that are going on the way that he does? And that's what, so, and he, I'm going to show you what it really it seems the same way if you turn to Revelation chapter 4. Turn there real quick. Now, as you're turning there, I'm going to show you, I'm going to tell you, give you a little bit of history in, in Revelations 2 and 3. Um, 
John is having to deal with, is, a, is, a, is having to deal with the churches, these churches, these seven churches that he's having to write to because there's things that are going on that are not good. And chapters two and three, here's what we have. So I'm not going to read all of it, but you go back and read it. What I'm telling you is true. Research it. And, and, and Revelations two and three, and here's what he's dealing with. He's dealing with the loveless church in Ephesus where he says you got to return back to your first love. He's dealing with the persecuted church in Smyrna. He's like, you guys, you guys, you got being persecuted. Those things are not going on good. The compromising church that's going on in Pergamos. And then the corrupt church that is in Thyatira. Then, and then the dead church that's in Sardis. The faithful church that's in Philadelphia. And then the lukewarm church in Laodicea. Now, think about this. John is having to write to these churches. He's writing what the Spirit of God is telling him to write because those things are going on in the church. And here's what I want to tell you. He didn't write them to the government. He didn't write them to the things that are going on in the government. He wrote them to the church because judgment starts at the, at the house of God. So I'm telling you, she's like, is it judgment? No, I'm telling you that he's, it's already been judged, but the truth is, is the church needs to align herself with God's will and ways. And so he's writing all these things that he's having to go on and he's having to write these things to the church. I put up with that, 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 the Jezebel spirit and all those things that are going on. But then just as he did in, in Isaiah chapter six, he does this in, in, in Revelation chapter four. Read it with me, chapter four and in verse one. After these things, after all that writing and after seeing what's going on in the church, after these things, I look and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here. I want to tell you this afternoon that God is still shouting. Those are still words are still true today. Come up here, not stay down there. Why, how do you know that? Because the Bible says, set your affection on things that are above and not on things of the earth. Set your affection, set your mind on things that are above. Then he tells us what to think about. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are good report, whatsoever things. He said, hey, listen, if there be any virtue, if there be, think on these things. Can you say that with me? Think on these things. Put your mind on those things. Come up here. Elevate your thinking. Elevate your living. Elevate what you see. And you got to come up here to be able to do that which must take place. I'm showing you these things that must take place. Verse two, immediately I was in the spirit. Can I tell you the church has got to get in the spirit? We got to not walk according to the flesh. We got to live according to the spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like Jasper and a Sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow. Put yourself in, look, look at that. There was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeding lightning, and thunderings and voices. Seven lamps were of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and, and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in the back. Steven Spielberg can't come up with stuff like this. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. And the third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, <laughs> each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. And they do not rest 
day or night. Saying with me, say with me, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. I'm telling you what, when you see all the things that God is wanting to show you, you're not going to be trying to figure things out. All you're going to be able to say is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Do you realize that that's what's going on? They look up and see something in him that they've never seen before. Listen, Lord of the Rings, all those other guys that came up with big imagination, I'm telling you what, there ain't nothing come close to what's going on in heaven. And let heaven invade earth. Let heaven invade earth. Let heaven invade earth. So that the fact is, is we're bringing heaven down. But the truth is, is that when you realize that God is pulling back the throne, I'm pulling back the curtain, and when you're settling on looking at the things that are going on here on this world and you change your view, you'll be able to say, holy, holy, holy. You're focusing on him. That's all you want. What has your attention? What are you looking at? Who are you looking to? Where are you looking from? Do you guys remember? I'm, I'm, I'm dating myself. I don't care. I'm dating myself. Do you remember little Viewmaster things that we used to have? Yeah. I'm pretty, yeah, some of y'all are just like, he old. He old, y'all. He old. <laughs> But you, every time you would click it, and it would have a little different picture, and you know, you'd be in there all day, you know, just clicking the deal. And then you'd run out, and then you had to put a new little spindle deal on it. And then you put a little spindle, and you click it, and it was so good. Oh, man, you, you hours, you sit there looking at it, and it told a story. I believe that there is a spiritual view master. The master has a view. And every time we click that thing, we click it, and we click on in the spirit, God says, I want to show you something that you've not seen before. I'm going to show you something great and mighty, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what I have prepared for those that love him. And he's saying, click it, and you see something. You're like, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is. Click it, and you click it again. All of a sudden, you see something God showing you. Click it, and you see something else. God said, keep on clicking, because heaven is clicking with earth, and we're clicking in the spirit. The spirit of God is clicking with us, and we are going to see change happen in this reason of our lives because of what God is doing. Look at your neighbor and say, click it. Click it. I hope you click it. Click it, clack it, click it. Click it. Let the Spirit of God show you something you've never seen before. Woo! When he shows you, you'll be transformed and you'll be changed because we serve a big, big God. Turn off the news. Turn on and tune into the Spirit of God. Do you hear what I'm telling you? I'm telling you, turn off the news. When you guys don't know this, some of you guys may not know this, but my mom, whoo, she could dance. My mom was on Soul Train. She could get down. I got my moves from my mom. I know I didn't get them from my dad because I seen him dance. But I got them from my mom. Mom, she could get down. Not only that, I can get down and my daughters can get down. We, woo, we can dance. You see Ainsley and Braden dance? They can dance. Now, my boys, and they know it too. They were like, Dad, <laughs> I never get CJ saying, Dad, this body was not made to dance. <laughs> Like, I made a lot of things, too. And then uh, Luke, Luke, he's just like, Dad, you know, because he's big. I mean, Luke's 6'4", 320. You know what I'm saying? You see him tiptoeing through the tulips? I don't think so. <laughs> but the reason why, we used to listen to that, well, I used to listen to, and we love to dance because I love music. And we used to listen to that Motown, that old Motown. Some of y'all, some of you, <laughs> some of my Caucasian brothers, so it's like, Motown? What is, what is Mo uh, Motown exactly? 
Is that a town that Mo lives in? I don't know. Cousin Mo, did he live in that town? No, Motown was a style of music. It was some music that we, my, I see some of my black brothers and sisters, we used to get down to that. But in Arkansas, you could not even, you had, I mean, there was only a couple of stations. There was, there was um, the country station, you know, the country station, and then there was K104, the love station. And that brother said it just like that, the love station. Like he had a frog or something in his throat. Like that was supposed to do something. Let me walk in the house this evening and go, Vanessa. I love you. She's like, you don't get away from here talking that craziness. What's wrong with you? You better love Jesus that you finna go see him. And the truth is, but that's what you say. It would be the, the K104, the love stage. And so, but the problem was, is that you couldn't just turn it on. Like today, you couldn't just turn. You had to tune in to the station. And if you turn a little bit more to the right, you would miss it. If you turn a little bit to the left, you would miss it. But you had to... You had to have surgical hands because you had to hit it just right so that you could tune in. And when you would tune in, you would hear, I guess you say what can make me feel this way, Jesus. No, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. Some of y'all got tricked just then. Did he say that? It sounded like a Christian station. No, it didn't. My girl. But the truth was is that you would had, now you're laughing, but in a, in a world, in a nation where there's static on your right and there's static on your left, you have got to tune in to what God is saying. You've got to tune into what God is saying. You've got to tune into what he is showing you. Do you hear what I'm saying? So that's what God is saying. Will you tune in to the spirit of God? So if you, you're looking for a church that, that is going to live by the spirit of God, and so I'm just going to say it. Some of you guys are like, what kind of church is this? We are a Holy Spirit brand church. We love the very Spirit of God, and we love Jesus, and we're going to proclaim, we're going to preach Christ and him crucified, and we're going to be led by the Spirit. We're going to engage in the culture. We're going to cancel all that cancel culture, but we're going to engage in the culture, and we're going to see God turn this thing around. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. My heart is not sick. My hope's not deferred. You know why? Because my hope is not in the political system my hope is not in all the things that are going on. My hope is in Christ. <laughs> I'm hoping in nothing less but Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. And that's where we're going to be. That's what God's called us to do. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Who are you looking to? Really, it's time for the spiritual mothers and fathers to take their rightful place in the kingdom as well. And where are you looking from? The word of God. I was meeting with a pastor. Kevin and I were meeting with a pastor uh, this week. And um, they have a bunch of different campuses. And they were talking about all the things that were going on. And this is what he said, in which I really believe. This is what he said. And I was just like, wow, he's getting it. He's getting it. And it's, he said, you know what? We have all these people coming to our churches, coming to all these different campuses. But then I realized that they don't have a biblical worldview. They're not looking through the world and looking at situations and looking at things through the lens of Scripture. He said, because if they did, they wouldn't post some of the things that they post. They wouldn't say some of the things that they say if they really were looking at through the lens of Scripture. 
and they would look at Caesar, and I'm just going to say this, and this is I'm like, if I'm stepping on toes, I don't care. The truth is we got we to speak the truth. And so we sometimes categorize sin, and we try to say that homosexuality and some of these other things, and we say, oh, that's sin, murder, sin. But the truth is that so is lying, so is cohabiting together, so is adultery, so is fornication, and so those hidden sins, because in Hebrews it talks about the fact that we have a great cloud of witnesses, but we also have those besetting sins that so easily beset us, that keep us from God's very best. So we're not categorizing sin, so is racism, that's sin. So is looking at someone and the way that God the way, the way that God doesn't see them, and I'm telling you, so the Bible says that we are no longer to regard anyone after the flesh any longer. So what's the cure to racism? Stop looking at people the way the world does. Look at them the way God does. See them the way Christ does. But does he see color? Well, he says that there's no female, no, no male in the kingdom. I want to know this. Are you in Christ? Because if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That's what I want to know. And then be reconciled to God. So we're going to pray for President Joe Biden, and we're going to pray for Vice President Kamala Harris. I mean, how many of y'all have been praying for them? How many of y'all are like, not like I should? Well, should. You need to start praying for them. Praying for our, uh, the elections. We're praying, I mean, the ones that are coming up, things that are happening. Get involved, and let's be the church to the unchurched. Amen. Can you, can you get with that program? Can you get with that program? Amen.